Welcome to the Business Big Bang Theory, a podcast from the Business Centre where we talk about all things small business. My name is Steve Waite. I'll be your host today. For those of you that don't know the Business Centre, we're a not-for-profit organisation with a 35-year history of helping small businesses through providing business advice and practical education in collaboration with industry experts and in partnership with local, state and federal government small business programs. You've got operations and customers that you service around Australia, but also around the world. So what's Mm. been the impact of COVID on a business that has international obligations, customers, Mm. staff? How does that work? The first thing we did was just look at our our operations. So we've got an office in Salt Lake City. We've got an operation in Perth. So we looked at those satellites and we worked as best we could to include them in the plan, but they had to have their own individual responses. We've had a couple of people actually contract COVID in the US. So we've been very mindful of the implications for people and and their wellbeing. But generally at this stage, logistics has slowed no travel and we're getting very good at everyone else at accepting Microsoft Teams or Zoom as the new way of communicating especially internationally. We are seeing some travel within New South Wales which has been good. We've got a couple of guys living in Perth helping us with some projects for FMG which are still still proceeding and we've been able to get some of our staff in and out of Queensland for specific essential projects that are going on. So we've been lucky in that regard, but our software development team, our engineering team, all been working at home. And this is where I say that risk planning that we've been doing over the last couple of years Mm. and and the benefit of having really robust IT infrastructure, it's basically saved us. And we still don't know what's yet to come. Mm. I was listening to a podcast, another one that I listened to, Brian Chesky, the CEO of Airbnb, and he made an interesting observation. I'd be interested to hear what your thoughts are that uh, flexible work practices are here to stay and working from home is here to stay but so is the need for essential staff in core roles in an office setting or a typical mm. business mm. setting. So he didn't want to go out on a limb and say, we are going to do this, and I guess they're a software company essentially. Google mm. and Facebook have sent everyone home until the end of the year, but <laughs> a business like yours can't do that. But have you got any sense of what you might do? Some of this is going to stay. Some of this is legacy, isn't it? It's yeah, it is. It is. Look, look, obviously, the factory and some of the admin support around that that has to stay. Look, we've got a great culture at Bandler and it's not just about the quality and the innovation, it's just about the people. And you can't, you can only build a great culture when you've got them together. And, and I focus a lot on that. We've got the, the no DH rule and we follow that, but you, there are times when you've just got to have the people together. So we'll look for a blend where we're space constrained now and rather than go and spend more money on rent, we'll look to work from home and hot seat when we're allowed to in the future. Do you have a business idea, but you're not sure it'll work? We have small business toolboxes and expert business advisors to support and guide you through your startup process. Contact us via our website to find out how. Businesscentre.com.au Okay, got a quick question here. How did you approach things with the team member in the States that contracted COVID-19? Our uh, fellow in the US, he basically looked after that. There's no travel between the countries, but they were isolated. In fact, one or two of them probably had mild symptoms and and perhaps they've had it, but they don't know. Mm. But the American 
process is different to here. Yeah. Uh, there's not the testing that's available. There's the one person that was diagnosed, they, they recovered, which was good. We isolated them and, yeah. and their family from our operation. Mm. But yeah, that's, no, it's, it's not much fun. Yeah. It was a pretty horrific thing to yeah. go through as an individual talking to, to yeah. Bowen. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I'd like to move on to our, our, our first question, really, of, of essence, which is, what are, in your view, what are the greatest challenges facing advanced manufacturing businesses right now uh, in regard to production and, and, as we were talking, overseas markets and customer sites in the eye of this storm? And some of the things I've raised there that might be useful for us to cover are you know, regulations, logistics, uh, human travel, customer needs, international mm. market segments, that type of mm. thing. What, what are your thoughts about that? Yeah, it's interesting because we don't know. <laughs> we, I think we're all a lot more relaxed now. We feel as though here in Australia and New Zealand that there's some control and things are easing. For us, it's that ability to do business on a global scale. And we will try and we'll continue, but definitely no travel. We've taken it out of our budget for to the end of uh, June 21. And if it comes back, well, it's going to be... Uh, this is overseas travel. Yes. Obviously, we're planning for things to relax mm. in Australia and hopefully start to get mm. back to normal. But whilst mining is, is, is still functioning, uh, you know, yeah. 100%, yes. that's okay. But if if the there's a, a COVID hangover right. recession that yeah. comes, yeah. that's going to happen late this year, early next year. Yeah. That's the bit that uh, we're concerned about. So you're forecasting for that. Now, it's one of the things we've spoken about in this, and we've been really sensitive to it in, as an organisation that helps and supports SMEs, is both the, the, the danger of a time such as this, but also the opportunity. Have, mm -hmm. have you seen, or are you looking at the upside of it? Are there windows of opportunity that you can see, given your, your innovation? No, not directly from COVID, but because of the... Uh, environment it's created. We're seeing the exchange rates really helping us, particularly with sales in Australia and mm. most of our overseas sales, Aussie dollars, except our sales into the US. Mm. So that's helping. Some of the supply issues, the logistical issues, because mm. most of our product competitors are international mm. and they're having trouble getting products into the country and maintaining a reasonable supply. Mm. So that environment is helping us. We've also you know, we've, we've had to reduce hours of our R&D staff, so mm -hmm. we've now got them all back full time mm -hmm. and we're going to be assessing our programs to see where we can pick up time. So we've probably got to delay about three to six months thereabouts on some projects. Mm -hmm. Those new projects are huge opportunities for us. Mm -hmm. And we've been lucky to get some government funding along the way that's really helped that. But getting that to market is, is, is our focus and, and our opportunity. We. We deal in that space from when we call it buy to burn. Yeah. When they buy the, the fuel or the oil or the high value liquid asset through to when they actually burn or consume it. Yeah. And that's our battery limit. We're very focused on that. So we don't get distracted. And that keeping that laser focus yeah. at a time like this yeah. is probably our biggest opportunity to just keep pressing ahead. Yeah. Okay. You've spoken about your staff and you did mention JobKeeper. Can you tell us a bit more about the fact that you are not dependent for parts, you manufacture everything? Can you tell us a little bit more about that? I'd like to have a sense of that journey because I know that you're using mm. robotics and, and, and algorithmic solutions and, mm. and labour costs mm. and savings, but there's a whole journey, I'd imagine, to 
having labour to investing in? Sometimes I wonder how we got here. Yeah, how uh, did you get here? I guess everybody knows us for our ability to refuel uh, machines up to 1,000 litres a minute yep. or to 1,200 litres a minute, That's actually. the nozzle and the technology and the yeah. systems. And you, yeah. you might tell us about all the integration of that. In this. Uh, the, so that part of the business has been there. But we've been innovating for a while knowing that they need more than that. They, they need the data in their you know, data warehouses so they can really drive op- and optimise fleet operation. So we, we've integrated the an identification technology into the actual refuelling hardware, so it's seamless, no no human intervention. It's contact, so the moment disconnects, fuel stops transferring, so it's a security system as well. We capture all that data and put it into their software, hence the one source of the truth. And from that, they do all their environmental reconciliation. They do their fuels tax claims. They do their fleet optimisation planning. We're even um, looking uh, forward to doing carbon pollution reporting compliance. Yeah. So there, there, there's a number of things that we're, we're looking forward to, but it's been that innovation, that's continuous yeah. innovation. That's, that's so tell us a bit about the CNC machines and, and the robotic arm and, and how you introduced that into the business. Was there a whole, what was the pre-work that you did to, to set that up? I'm very lucky I've got a, a great production team because yep. quite often they don't let me in the factory. But they did all the work, the planning. They visited numerous um, other facilities, mm. took lessons learnt from them. Mm. And we worked with our partner, John Hart. We, we invested in machinery. We've invested in robotics for the production side. Mm. We, we're looking at artificial intelligence at the moment, but we're not there yet. Yes. Uh, and, and wow, that's a, an amazing yep. space. We're not skilled at this point in time yet. But yeah, that continuous investment in upgrading the production capacity and capability, mm. robotics, just driving efficiencies. Mm. You know, because we make our own product that we sell, like we've always been focused on trying to reduce the cost yeah. of manufacture. Yeah. And we feel we've been advanced manufacturing for a long time. Yeah. And at times like this, we start to realise thank heavens we've invested in the new machinery. Thank heavens we've mm. renovated the factory to create more space. Thank heavens we've invested in the... So you did get some assistance from the New South Wales government with regards to, I think it was Jobs for New South Wales and the injection mm. of capital yep. into this part of your growth? Yeah, we've, it, was, it was an R&D project. So it was through Jobs for New South Wales. It was a regional jobs growth program. Yep. And we were like, this product is going to change the way yep. uh, fuel system management is is captured on site Mm -hmm. it's really exciting but we just didn't have the money to get it across the line so we applied for the project and got it and we've now almost completed we've got our prototypes we're now doing additional testing uh, because you've got to there are distance implications with RFID and metal that's always challenging But that product has got the potential to make, to see a Banlaw product on every mine site in the world, wow. a technology product. Mm. We've probably got a Banlaw product in one way, shape or form mm. currently, but the, the challenge for Banlaw has always been to try and get away from being known as the nozzle company yes, to yes. becoming the leader in you know, liquid whole, asset yeah. intelligence yeah, uh, yeah. systems and support. Yeah, that's amazing. But looking at the video that we looked at, you can basically manufacture that component, one of them every 15 minutes. Yeah, that's, yeah. 
Look, turn the factory lights off and go. Uh, uh, exactly. Sometimes when you're working late, it's a joy just to uh, leave the office and hear the hum in the dark. Mm. But I guess that's what advanced manufacturing is about. Yeah. Necessity is the mother of invention. We've had to yeah. do these things. Yeah. And at a time like this, we're very lucky we have. Indeed, not relying on an import. Yeah. So the other thing I wanted to quickly talk about in this space was a skilled labour Mm. And, and that conversation we are having earlier about that. So you, mm. you've got software engineers, you've got mechanical engineers, you've got project engineers, you've got engineers on the floor mm. you know, working the CNC machines mm. and putting in the specs. Mm. How's, how, what's that like for you and what's it like now with labour and skilled mm. labour? What, what, how well, we, I think the culture we've created keeps our team. Yep. We respect and we, we've continually invested trying to find one of the hardest jobs to, f to fill was actually a night shift uh, machinist wow. and it was really difficult and yep. there was just no real pool night shift's tough anyway but we were able to do that i do worry that and it's wonderful to hear mm -hmm. government talking about mm -hmm. what advanced manufacturing and manufacturing in australia should be focusing on now and hopefully that will support yep. will flow not just directly to yep manufacturers but primarily into the TAFE system and into yeah. the skills development. Yeah. Yeah, some of those kids, I see what they do on those machines I know. and it is phenomenal. It's astounding, and isn't it? When you see machinists yeah. explaining to the engineers yes. why they can't do it that way but they yes. need to do it this way, yes. it's just a great lesson in collaboration. So the machines you use, are they, are they, what, are they European machines? Yeah, Japanese, mainly Japanese. Mazarks. Yeah. And they really take yeah. some driving, don't they? You really need technical skills to drive those things. Oh, it's, and, and it's dangerous. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Because yeah. you've got great forces and hydraulics. So. If you have a business problem or question, get in touch with us. We can get our team of advisors and experts to help you with your business problems in an upcoming show. How quickly did you adjust your organisation to the new ways of working? What sort of timeline? I'll be honest, because of the experience in the mining downturns, I'm, I'm probably guilty of overreacting. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. very quickly, I cut deep and hard. Yeah. And well, as we started to feel more comfortable, and yeah. I've got to thank our board. Our board's been fantastic in this yes. as a sounding board. And yeah. so we've watched the, the, the disruption unfold. Yeah. And we've now, we took people to two days a week. Mm -hmm then to three yeah. after a couple of weeks, then yeah. to four, and then on June yeah. we're back to, back okay. to five. Yeah. So a phased approach, a staged approach. Yeah, yeah but in consultation. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so yeah. back in the mining downturns, we'd had meetings with our, our people and yeah. discussed yeah. how do we cope, what will they accept, what won't they accept, yeah. and everybody voted to take reduced hours yeah. to keep the team. Shared across the yeah. board. So yeah, so you know, that culture was wonderful yeah. to see. So fluctuations in currency, you mentioned that earlier. Are you factoring that in now to your budgeting and your balance sheet? Oh, we take a standard mm -hmm. and we apply that standard and there's a plus or minus swing we can live within. Mm -hmm. We're benefiting at the moment, but... Mm -hmm. On it. Yeah, we're not budgeting for it. When do you think logistics and overseas manufacturers' deliveries might be up and running again? Overseas, we're still getting... We get some castings out of Taiwan. We get mm -hmm. some specific tags out of Israel, believe it or not. Mm -hmm. And some of that stuff's still coming through. We're having yeah. trouble out of Israel. Yeah. 
But yeah, the logistics side, uh, we haven't felt the full brunt of that yet, and yeah. it's a bit unknown. But you, you um, have a feeling there could be a lag. There's definitely a lag in in delivery, yeah, or in, in shipping. But at this stage, it's case by case. Yeah. Okay. What benefit did jobs in New South Wales give you exactly? Is that something you would recommend? So something the New South Wales government and the federal government are now responding with measures beyond JobKeeper. There are tax offsets and, and capital equipment purchases, etc. Are there any other? Look, we've through our advisors, we've invested a lot of time keeping close to our advisors and our banks, and yep. so we've been, we've jumped on everything and applied for everything. But yep. those grants outside of COVID, yep. the New South Wales Jobs Growth Program, yep. uh, that was significant. We're talking, you know, yep. six-figure money, yep. and it was it just allowed us to do something pretty special which accelerated what you were planning well, we, we to. probably wouldn't have been able to do it wow. Steve. okay yeah. that's amazing create your own big bang and see your business idea come to life our online course start your own business helps you learn the basics in marketing compliance modeling and small business finances as a bonus for our podcast listeners you can use the code big bang to access the Start Your Own Business course online for free at businesscentre.com.au. Right, I'd like to talk a little bit more about the changing international markets a little bit more and, and your research and development. And if I could, would you be able to tell us a little bit more about the, the story of your work in North America as much as you're able to? I know that you said you're not the engineer and you're not there, but, mm. but could you give us a sense of what you did there around working in extremely cold environments and how you pivoted or re- refaced yeah. your, your technology? Two things. We won a global contract for Barrick Gold to install the fuel management system on all their sites in Australia and North America. So we had to install, go from installing one system in one country to installing multiple systems in multiple countries. And we didn't do it well, but we got through it and we had a very happy customer at the end. Then we had to provide servicing for that. So our models normally distribute her into the country, yep. get our products established, then we start to... Yep. This was all back to front. We're in there servicing line sites and we didn't have our product sales base in there. So we set up an office and a facility and it's taken 10 years. We're starting to see benefits of that. Mm. And of course, being in North America, it's completely different. We're dealing with 55 degrees in the Pilbara. Yeah. In North America, we're dealing with minus, minus 40 degrees yeah. in yeah. some cases. So we had to design a range that allowed our, one, our products, but two, our systems, our computer controllers and things mm-hmm. to work in a so productive temperature. It went right through from the software to the hardware, yeah. to the AI and yeah. the technology that sits between all of your, your, your provisions of service. Yeah, the, so we have a cold temperature range which has become really popular in North America and South America, up in the Andes in so it's South led America. So it's led to more sales, more opportunities. Yeah. It has. Again, our biggest challenge is, and it was a program for this year, is to really expand our mm. overseas distributor network. Mm. And, and now that we can't travel, that's going to be an issue. But yeah, the, having the complete range yeah. gives us an opportunity. Have you accessed any support from New South Wales government and the Australian government through their export programs and their trade programs to we, get entry into markets? We, we've done that. We've done the export market development grants mm-hmm. on two products, which yeah. they were they were different companies. One was exporting 
one product and one was exporting the other. Mm. But when it comes down to Austrade are good there initially, but there's nothing like getting in country yes. and meeting, seeing, feeling yeah. um, and building a relationship. Yeah. That, that's the bit that COVID's going to really hurt us with. Yeah. Too hard to do over a Zoom or a Teams meeting. You need to be there. Yeah. yeah. yeah to understand mm. their, their need at, mm. at, their, at their place. Good to know them. Like yeah. They, yeah. Yeah. You know, they... So you've got different parts of your business and we were talking earlier about your, your business partner and the work that he's leading and has Jeff, done. Yeah. Yeah, and you've got to, would you want to share that story about Indonesia if oh, you're yeah. able to? Jeff was uh, one of our, he, I say was, one of our best distributors and he, he supplied Indonesia and mm -hmm. we developed the fuel management software and we were targeting one of his customers and we we're working with him and mm -hmm. he told me that we'd never sell it there. In and, Asia. Um, yeah, well, in Indonesia. In Indonesia, yeah. And then we did, and Jeff was our distributor. He helped us install it, and, yeah. and we must have impressed him because in <laughs> 2010, after he'd sold his business to a large multinational, he yeah. invested with us. Yes. And, and Jeff's been absolutely fantastic. Having been a distributor, yes. having yeah. been on site with hydraulics and with yeah. hose and fittings, yeah. he bought a lot of... And, and, he does bring a lot of yeah. acumen to our board yeah. and a great support for a lot of our people. And the cultural barriers, the regulatory barriers, he was able to overcome that with the value proposition in Indonesia, you were saying, yeah. going forward. Well, he grew the Indonesian business mm. and then we, it's still, KPC Mine's still a flagship site for us and mm. after 15 years it's still mm. saving it. It had huge problems yeah. and they were losing a lot of fuel yeah. and we fixed that. Yep. and now they're still continuing. Over the years, how have you managed the local supply chains to ensure their quality and high standards meet the ban law quality standard? How have you done that? Oh, we're ISO accredited. We audit suppliers. Mm -hmm. Key suppliers mm -hmm. we work very closely with. Yep. And then they're all supplying technical advantage for us. Mm -hmm. And the better we get to know them and work with them, the more they do to help us. I guess that's really it's relationship yeah. and just you know knowing really what we want it, mm. it's, before we form the relationship mm. we've basically done all the homework indeed indeed so it's a term maybe somewhat overused in recent times ecosystems but you really understand the group of organizations that you rely upon and that you work with and yeah. so the relationships are the key to them being in that ecosystem so much so we're talking about the risk management planning some time ago we 18 months ago we moved a supplier from China into Taiwan, mm -hmm. for one, for quality reasons, but mm -hmm. two, things were starting to get a bit edgy internationally. And mm -hmm. we made that decision not knowing that mm -hmm. we'd be in this situation. For us, quality is important and they're supplying us a te technical advantage is yeah. really key too. Yeah. I'm going to get onto your tips soon, but I just want to finish with this area that we're talking about. There's talk of with the imposition of global barriers and obstacles and difficulties that this could be a new age for Australian manufacturing given your time in the industry hmm. and perhaps just to share with people that are listening with us do you think that's the case and if so what might but, it be if you had a crystal ball on that I guess for a long time and only advanced manufacturers or manufacturers would understand this but when you go to the bank and you tell them that you're a manufacturer you deal in the mining industry and you deal with fuel and oil, explosives and, and flammables, they're perhaps not yes. too impressed. So, yeah. But the narrative's starting to come around at, at the government level, yes. the importance of the 
manufacturing. And it's refreshing to hear. But we need that capability, don't we? we need well, that we do. And, and it could, like, I'm just amazed with M-Control, the way they were able to adapt quickly and build those ventilators. ventilators. Yeah. Oh, that was a phenomenal effort. Yeah. And so we've got that capability. Yeah. I wouldn't say we're a large batch run yeah. manufacturer here in the country. We're, we're more agile, more Spoken. technically focused. Yeah. 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 Do you have a part-time business that you'd like to take full-time and beyond? Our experienced business advisors can support you in growing your area and making that big bang in business. Contact us at businesscentre.com.au. Who would you recommend if a company was trying to get ISO accredited? Is there anyone that you could recommend or talk to? Yeah, there is. We work with a with a fellow that we've worked with for quite some time, and this is going to embarrass me, but I, he's just recently changed companies, yeah. and uh, I just can't get it. Yeah, we'll talk about uh, that. But I can supply that information. That he, this guy, if you're in Newcastle, this guy's yeah. excellent. Here's a great question um, about regional businesses. What is it that keeps businesses like Banlaw in regional New South Wales, and have you had any options to move? Have you thought about that? What's kept you here and have you had options? Have you been tempted to go somewhere else? We've, we've attracted a few people out of Sydney <laughs> for lifestyle. Yeah. We see ourselves as a global mm. provider. We've got the Hunter Valley on our back doorstep. It provides as a proving ground for Banlaw. So mm. we don't innovate unless we work with the partners yeah. who guide us and we've spent our money pretty well because of that so here's pretty good we're close to the hunter valley in Mm gunnada we've got a great airport we can get to queensland and wherever we need to yeah Yeah, no i I don't see any reason to move all the elements are set yeah i I suppose some people have suggested that you know how long can you manufacture in australia why don't you go to china yes yes and, I, and, and even though it was by accident, I think that was a great decision by us to stay here in Australia. <laughs> <laughs> One of the things that we ask all our guests to do, just from the lived personal experience, we, we ask to talk to us a little bit about tips that you could advise, if you could give some advice to others. What would be your insights and tips from your perspective? My kids can quote me on this. Yeah. Essentially, it's pre-planning and prevention what has helped us was not our action plan in March. It was our risk assessment planning back in the last 18 months, yes. uh, two years. The British military have a great saying, the seven Ps, you know, proper preparation, planning and pre- prevention prevents piss poor performance. <laughs> so if I've got the seven Ps, but it's, yeah. we, we had most of the issues covered. So yeah. that, that's the first thing. Don't leave it till yeah. too late. Get in and do your risk management early. Yeah. Then we, in this disruption, in this COVID, we then very quickly moved to put together the, the team and our plan. Yeah. That's point two. Yeah. Don't waste yeah. any time. Then we implemented it and we enforced it. We had and me included because habits die hard you know people still shaking hands people still walking into personal space so so we we had to get serious we threatened to send people home yes Uh, we had people restricted around their their workspace so we you lived it everyone everyone knew we meant business and we lifted communication and we we broadened that out we kept in touch with our customers and our distributors our newsletter was used as the prime communication focus but we were sending it out twice a week at one stage then it went to once a week and it still is once a week and we tried to not just talk to our people, but we tried to talk to their families because yes. our people were able to come to work because yeah. their families have practiced good, yes. good yeah. um, protocols as well. So that's probably the fourth. Yeah. And then the fifth one is to review, listen and learn and adapt, stay yeah. agile. Yeah. 
yeah, which seems changed. to be the ban law way anyway, as you say, it's integrated into what you do. Yeah, as I say, I can't talk enough about culture. Mm. We're not perfect, (laughs) as the boys at work will tell you. We're always looking for that continuous improvement, and and that helps us greatly. Okay, we might move towards closure. We've got one last question, which we, I think, answered in regards to culture, but someone's asked, what's Bill's main driver in in starting Banlaw? What got you started? What, What was it? Strangely enough, I'm out of the oil industry. Okay. And we used to be the Shell fuel distributors mm-hmm. for southwestern Sydney and the Hunter Valley. And as that, that industry underwent significant change, so we sold everything back to Shell. Mm-hmm. And then I came across Banlaw as, a, as an organisation that was doing some great stuff. Yeah. Their founder had passed away. Uh-huh. It was a turnaround, yeah. but it had great yeah. enthusiastic yeah. people, very skilled people. Yeah. And from there, I because we were good at... Yep. handling fuel oil, yes. reconciling yes. and accounting for everything. Yep. I took a system we used yep. manually and took it into a software scenario. Yep. And that was then, I think, Rio Tinto Illumina in Weeper were the first company to put it in back in 2004. Wow. And from there, we've worked constantly to improve it. Yep. And it, it's probably just we used to see some strange things happen. Fuel and oil being delivered and the, the this is back in old times. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the spill, the waste. Mm-hmm. And of course now it's like gold cost wise. Yeah. They, they've got yeah. to be careful so they're more interested. Indeed. Yeah. Indeed. All right. So that so that's I I didn't start the business, I bought it in ninety nine yeah. and Jeff came in as a partner in two thousand and ten and we've just mm-hmm. continually worked and built it. But yeah, there's lots of manufacturers out there mm. got a similar story about yep. perseverance and as I Dude. said to you earlier sometimes yeah. I think we're a not-for-profit organizer. <laughs> yeah. All right Bill look I want to thank Bill uh, so much for his generosity of sharing time to not only be here today but for the preparation that he did to come in and, and, and share his insights. If you would like business advisory sessions subsidized by the New South Wales government under the Business Connect program please google Business Connect and you'll be able to find your local provider or if you would like to contact us at the Business Centre, please contact us. Just Google the Business Centre or reception at businesscentre.com.au. Thanks so much. Thanks to Bill. Thanks, Steve. And we'll see you all next time. Thanks for listening to the Business Big Bang Theory podcast. If you enjoyed our podcast today, please review and rate us through iTunes and follow and share on Facebook, Instagram or LinkedIn at the Business Centre.